Welcome to Monday through Friday, Cellular Agriculture for a Pandemic-Free Future. My name is George Ortega. This is episode number 28. We're recording on August 13th, 2020, Thursday at 1.01 p.m. Eastern Time. And um, I want to start by, by holding out the promise that that we can expect as we shift from farming animals, which involves so much cruelty, to the cellular agriculture, which is not only cruelty-free, but gives us our, our only reasonable chance of avoiding pandemics for the next decade or two. So um, yes, what what we're doing, if, if we if we believe in morality, if we believe that that we are rewarded and punished according to what we do and don't do, yes, it seems that that what we're doing, paying people, paying these corporations to to have these animals contained in 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 facilities that are that are beyond unsanitary um, and, and, and subject to very cruel practices, the cutting off of beaks, the cutting off of tails without anesthesia, and, and many, many other kinds of harm that, that, that happen to these animals. Yes, um, there is a very strong case to be made that, that we are suffering this pandemic because of our actions. But that's, that's a difficult message to maintain um, because, well, partly because so many of us believe that, that what we do is up to us, that, that we have this free will. You know, if we were to, to acknowledge God's omnipotence, God's sovereignty, the idea that God created the world is the world and therefore controls the world, then we might be able to uh, look at what we're doing from a distance, not attributing it to ourselves and therefore not having to deny it as we tend to do for our sense of self-regard, our sense of, of morality. But it is a difficult perspective. So so let's let's shift from from this this matter of blame you know of, of just trying to understand why this happened to um to what we can do you know in a very virtuous way to to allow us to um to evolve beyond this um this This, this perpetual otherwise threat of, of, of future pandemics. Um, so think about this. You know, we as humans, we strive to be better people. If, if we have families, if we're parents, we strive to raise good children. And, and much of that teaching is through example you know, at our jobs, in our lives, we're, we're, we're striving to do good. Um, much of business, business is really 
basically to, to identify a need in, in individuals or in um, society, global population, and satisfy that need. It, it's, you know, sometimes uh, business people, we, we will individually also basically um, perhaps not be thinking of others in, in terms of some of what we do. If, if, we, if, we, um, if we see a certain amount of advantage to ourselves that may come at the expense of others. But, but ordinarily, ordinarily, the way we work both as individuals and collectively is that we try to identify the good we can do, and then we set about trying to do that. So, so let's look at our situation, you know, this pandemic we're in now and being safe from future pandemics within this perspective, this more positive perspective of not, you know, what we've done to deserve this, but what we can do, you know, through, through being very virtuous and very intelligent to, to give our, our children, grandchildren, great-grandchildren a much, much better world, happier world, healthier world. Um, so, and we have to start with, with the acknowledgement that although this current pandemic, this coronavirus originated in a wet market in China, many outbreaks, epidemics, a good number of pandemics have originated not in wet markets, but in farms, in animal farms, both family farms and factory farms. Now certainly here in the United States, 99% um, of the animals that we raise are raised in factories, uh, these CAFOs. Um, and, um, and so just even, even like, you know, setting aside the morality aspect of it completely, you know, in terms of science, in terms of reason, you know, practicality, if we're maintaining these environments for animals, uh, chickens, for example, tens of thousands of chickens cramped into a football-sized hangar, you know, this, this shed, uh, very poor ventilation for, for about seven weeks, and they're basically living on what they defecate and what they urinate, they're, 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 they're mired in that day after day. That never gets cleaned. It, clean, it gets cleaned every seven weeks, you know, before the next batch comes in. That's just one example of the kind of unsanitary conditions that, that we raise our animals in. And, and the problem with that, it's just, it's a matter of time. You know, the, these, these are the conditions that, um, that breed outbreaks that then turn into epidemics and then pandemics. The, these are the, the, the um, I mean, imagine, imagine, you know, if, imagine the threats to our health if, if we were to live on our personal lives like that. I mean, it, it's just unbelievable, unimaginable, you know, I mean, um, so, and, and naturally we would be subject to, to so many more illnesses um, because of that. That's why, you know, we, we, we try to, um, to keep our kitchens sterile, our bathrooms clean and all. We try to, uh, we understand there's this, you know, this world of microbes out there and, and, and the way to, to be safe from them is 
to be clean. So, so, you know, completely removing the morality from this, it just makes so much sense to abandon, to, to, to leave in the past this, this, this you can't ignore the cruelty, this exceedingly cruel, but also exceedingly unsafe practice of, of, of fa factory farming, especially, but also the farming of animals. Um, again, this, this, this pandemic supposedly originated in a wet market in Wuhan, but you know, I learned recently, for example, that there are about eight wet markets in New York City. You know, and, and I, you know, if, if we have factory farms in, in the United States where the conditions are beyond unsanitary, are, are, are horribly um, conducive of disease, then, then it doesn't, you know, it's not a stretch of, 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 of expectation, of, of, um, of understanding to suspect that these wet markets in New York City um, pose the, these same kinds of threats. So, you know, from that perspective, what is the, the great good we can do? We can, um, we, we can begin to, well, let's, the, the, the farms are the threat, okay? Um, what's very important is, you know, before, before 2013, before just seven years ago, um, we, um, you know, the only way we could have, we could in the future prevent these pandemics would be, would have been to, um, to, to all go vegan. You know, if we stopped eating animals, which we really don't need and, you know, which cause so much illness, you know, heart disease is the number one killer in the United States. It's uh, number one cause is, is meat consumption. Um, cancer kills, it's the number two killer. Um, much of, you know, the, the, the dairy, the, the eggs, uh, the meat that we eat, uh, the, especially the um, processed meats, you know, the, um, they, they generate cancer. So, so if it were not for this new technology that emerged in 2013, our, our only way of, of, of being safe from future pandemics would be for us all to go vegan. And, and you know, I, as I say this, I have to say this is still the best way. Yes, we might be afforded another option, opportunity, but maybe let's, let's hope that it's, it's an interim kind of um, opportunity that, that allows us to segue, you know, part by part, you know, um, just a little at a time to, to complete vegan diets, plant-based diets, which are the healthiest and, and, and the, the least cruel. Um, but, but, but again, um, this, this industry that started in 2013, it's, it's so wonderful. It's so amazing. We can take a few cells, a biopsy from a cow, a chicken, a pig in a way that doesn't cause the animal any pain. You know, I mean, the pain is, and like, for example, with that one biopsy, we can grow theoretically uh, 
millions of pounds of beef or chicken or, 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 or pork or fish, you know, millions of pounds of, of milk, you know. So that's how amazing this technology is. So what's this great thing that we do? This great thing that, that we, you know, that we look forward to doing as we're still in this pandemic. And for many of us, you know, we haven't had the bandwidth to consider, well, how are we going to be safe from future pandemics? But what we can do is, is understand first the nature of this new industry. It, it, it emerged in 2013, the first proof of concept where uh, a researcher, Mark Post from the Netherlands, basically demonstrated to the world in London that yes, you can, you know, grow meat outside of animals, you know, so that was a proof of concept. So, so now there are about 40 to 50 startups and they have generated um, in these six, seven years, uh, about a billion and a half dollars. And, and that's, you know, for example, the first burger patty in London in 2013 cost about $330,000 to make. Now the, the, the company, um, Mosa Meats, that, that manufactured that patty is as estimating that in about a year or so, that cost will come down to about $10 a patty. And this is just the beginning. This, this, this industry is, is nascent. It's just, it's just starting out. So the great good that we could do is to understand this. Okay, it is a new industry and it can promise us, you know, meat products, dairy products, fish products, you know, these, these products that we ordinarily get from, from animals in a way that's not only cruelty-free, you know, and thereby inviting God's wrath, but is also pandemic risk-free. So we don't have to do this. You know, we don't have to ever go through this again. So that's, that's the promise. But the, the problem is, fine, $10 for a patty, that's still a lot. You know, um, and, and we have to make comparable progress with regard to, to poultry and, and fish products, seafood and, and, and milk products. And it's, it's you know, it's not that it's not. Uh, it's not that it's really actually even so difficult. It's just it takes time. At, at this current rate of, of research funding financing, you know, the in industry insiders that I've spoken with, I've emailed, you know, communicated with, um, suggest that it may take ten years or longer. Uh, it may take fifteen, twenty years for for many of these um, challenges to be to be met, you know, it's a, a lot of it is a matter of scaling up, you know, it's, it's one thing to grow um, a burger patty in, in a Petri dish. It's another to, to expand that facility to make it, you know, like one of those micro breweries you would see in, in bars one, uh, once in a while where they brew the beer right there. They, we we'd need these really very large vats that are fermenters they're they're called technically bioreactors but but that's you know and and there are, there are challenges that, that go along with that but again the, the key point that, to understand is just like with vaccines how a process that ordinarily takes 10 15 20 years we still don't have a vaccine for aids um, and the fastest that it ever had been done was in four years after the 1957 pandemic. 
but now we're, we're, we fast-tracked this development of a vaccine for a coronavirus, so we can very reasonably expect one during this next year. So a year, a year and a half to develop a vaccine that ordinarily takes 10, 15, 20 years. So that, that tells you how possible it is to, with sufficient investment, narrow that time frame of 10, 15 years for these cell-cultured, um, clean meat products to, to be in supermarkets. You know, to, to, to go from that to having them in markets in, in three or four years, perhaps three years. And so, like, let's talk, you know, the details. And this is what, this is what we need to demand, you know, as much as we can demand it as, as citizens of this country, demand it of our politicians, demand it of our me media, demand, demand it of ourselves, of our, of our you know, our, our friends, our family, the people we know. Um, we, um, in terms of the good we can do, um, we, you know, the, the Congressional Budget Office in May, before this current surge where all the southern states now are, are just, you know, the, the cases are, are increasing and, you know, there's, um, it's, it's like it wasn't in April. It was like, you know, it's, it, it's gotten really serious again. So before all this, the Congressional Budget Office estimated that once this is done, you know, once we're finally past this, you know, whether it's a year or two or three or four, it will have cost us $8 trillion. And that, that you know, of course, that doesn't, you know, um, that doesn't account for, you know, for, the, for the, the pain and suffering, you know, that goes along with this. You know, this is just the, the, the financial cost. So the, the important point to understand is, again, right now, this new industry has $1.5 billion in funding. Let us raise that funding. Let, let's, let's decide to fund that industry with $50 billion starting in January, February. You know, we can't expect this from Trump and this current administration. We understand this. But once Biden is our, our next president, you know, this is, should probably be one of the very first things he, he does. Um, with $50 billion, not over a 10-year period or a 20-year period, but $50 billion that's released over the next two or three years. You know, what, what happens when, when we do that? So many young researchers, researchers who are just getting out of school, who are just like, who have their degree, but maybe there aren't enough jobs in biochemistry available, you know, right now to, to be able to like have everyone be hired. And, and, and the best talent in, in, in these fields of biochemistry and food production, with $50 billion injected into this industry, you would get so many more people involved, brighter people, smarter people who are unfortunately sometimes uh, tempted by, by the, the giant food companies that offer them so much money. You know, they, they, the, the, the food companies, Tyson and, and Cargill and all, they siphon off the best talent of biochemists, you know, basically bribing them um, to, uh, to work for them, you know, at, at, at making products rather than at, at, at uh, doing 
other much more virtuous and useful things that biochemists could do, even within the, the food industry. So, so with this $50 billion, we can counteract that, that effect of, um, of our best talent being underused, not used at all. So think about it. Think of, um, think of how we're going to feel as we do this. You know, think of how we're going to feel acknowledging that, yes, we created this pandemic because we are essentially paying people to abuse and torture animals so that we can buy them much, much less expensively. Yes, we can look at that now, but, but not stay there. You know, then, then quickly move on. Well, yes, fine. This is happening because of what we did. But now we can just, within a matter of a few years, turn that around, redeem ourselves. You know, we, we can change who we are, what our world is about. With, with $50 billion, it's one half of 1% of this $8 trillion that we'll be spending on the coronavirus. So... It, it, it couldn't be a better bargain. If, it were, if we were spending seven times that much, you know, $350 billion, that's, you know, that's, that's actually the amount the average homeowner spends for homeowner's insurance. You know, and, actually, and that's actually over a 10-year period. You know, over a one-year period, they spend um, God, much more, I guess, relatively. But, but, but think of, um, think of how it will, will feel, would feel, you know, hopefully this will happen, um, to make that decision, to decide, yes, we're not going to condemn our children who also, who already have to struggle with, with the challenges of, and, and threats of climate change and, and, you know, this, this national debt and, and so many of the world, world's problems. You know, we don't want to saddle our, our, our children, our, our, our progeny with, with, with this kind of, um, you know, world where, where everything can just come tumbling down without any notice. You know, so many lives uh, destroyed, businesses destroyed, you know, people's um, relationships, you know, just all in upheaval. I mean, like, we have an opportunity to stop that in it as soon as three years, you know, perhaps two years. Again, $50 billion can go a long way. So let's do that. Let's do that. And, and let's, you know, don't, don't believe that, um, that oh yeah, the, the scientists, even, even these, you know, I've communicated a lot with the CEOs of these, um, these new startups. There's about 40 or or 50 of them, you know, and they are, they're business people. Some of them are, a lot of them are actually biochemists, but um, they're, they're not generally globalists in the sense that they're, they're not generally doing this. Um, they're doing this for idealistic purposes, but, but they, they're not taking on the role of being messengers to the world on this. They're, they're focusing on, on meeting the research challenges. I mean, what they're, what they're doing is exceedingly important. 
And maybe that the idea is we, sh we shouldn't expect them to also be the messengers of this. You know, they have done their work as biochemists, as, as, as entrepreneurs, they have created this new industry and they're proceeding. So, so perhaps it should be our responsibility, you know, who, who, we who will benefit so much from this new industry, just, you know, fast tracking and, and just bring us foods to market in, in three years, ideally. You know, we should take on this responsibility to ensure that the media covers this, to, to ensure that the politicians talk about this. And, and ultimately, hopefully very soon in 2021, to ensure that the funds are released to fast track this industry. So just as we're getting a vaccine that ordinarily takes 10, 15 years and a year, year and a half, because we've invested so much in that effort, we can um, have these products, you know, in supermarkets in three years rather than 10 or 15. That's, you know, it, it's, and, and you know, worst case scenario, worst case scenario, let's say, I mean, this is, this is no, no, you have, to, you have to begin with, this is exceedingly possible. You know, theoretically, it's already been done. It's just a matter of scaling up. I mean, it's not complicated in that sense. Um, but, um, but, you know, even if it were failed, even if it, it didn't turn out for, for it, it's, wouldn't it be worth the, 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 um, the, the chance? I mean, like, you know, one half, one percent, as an investment to, to try to, to, to create a world where, where you never have to have an $8 trillion loss. And again, this is just the United States, this $8 trillion. It's not the entire world. So um, again, one half of 1% of the United States is going to be en ending up spending on this. Um, even if you're not very confident about this technology, and again, you don't really have a, a reason to not be confident because like, it, it is pretty clear cut. They're making great strides in it already. Um, it's worth it, you know, it, there, there's no way that it's not worth it. So, so again, consider it, consider, you know, let's, let's, for, you know, move from, from the blaming ourselves. Let's not blame ourselves for this. You know, like we're born into this world and everybody's eating meat and that's why we eat meat. And, you know, we are the cause of this though. So let's not forget that we're the cause and just like we're the cause because of these factory farms and, and family farms, we can be the solution by simply transitioning, not even like, you know, becoming vegan, just simply transitioning from farming animals and, and factory farms, especially to, to growing our meat, fish, and dairy in, in these sanitary, pandemic-free environments. All right, um, that was pretty good. You know, I'm trying to work on a much more positive, less, you know, less indictive um, delivery. So, all right. Um, so I hope you're having a good week, a good Friday. Um, I take a couple of days off for the weekend, catch this um, next Monday, Monday, every Monday through Friday on channel um, at five o'clock on White Plains Community Media, channel 45 if you get Verizon, 76 if you get Optimum. And, um, and let's see, let's, you know, let's see where this takes us. This is, again, episode number 28, and the show is evolving. And hopefully we can really make something, you know, do something really wonderful for the world, you know, through understanding all this. Okay, thanks for watching. I'll see you on Monday. Thanks.